Hey, can we thank our, uh, our team one more time? Great job. Great job. Love it. Love the original songs, too. That was nice. That was great. Hey, I'm so glad you're here today. I'm going to start a brand new series uh, called Origin. And we're going to kind of look all the way back to Genesis 1, 2, and 3 and see how this whole thing began with God and with us. And uh, the, the, the uh, whole search for origin is so significant today. Uh, I, how many of you have taken one of the, uh, one of the tests you can take to find out like kind of where you're from? Anybody here? My wife's taken a couple of those. <clears throat> and uh, surprise, surprise, she's from where her grandparents are from. <clears throat> Anyways, that cost me 200 bucks. Anyhow. <laughs> but uh, it, it, a lot of people do want to know. Uh, kind of where their family origin is from. And uh, so I, li- I like to, every now and then in a church, go back to the beginning with God and his creation. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3, and and really see kind of foundational things as far as uh, creation, community, um, corruption, and then recreation. And, and this is kind of the order of a lot of our lives. A lot of us have this pattern of there's creation, there's community, there's corruption. Maybe no corruption here. Maybe just those online. And then there's um, recreation. In fact, if you're a Christ follower today, God is recreating you into the image and likeness of the Son as you speak, as, as, we, as we speak here today. So we look over the next few weeks, those, those three chapters and, um, I think, I hope, um, you, you've read, if you're a Christian, you've read Genesis. We're only looking at three chapters, but you really need to get through the whole book to really have a foundation of our faith today, to have a foundation of our faith today. So today we're gonna, we're gonna try to get through chapter one, um, as we, as we look at creation. And let me, let me just read the first two verses here. And here's what it says. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So in the beginning, God, God was there in what we call the beginning of time or time as we know it. Now you understand that God lives outside of time, right? Created time. He could be in time, but he lives outside of time. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He always has been. He always will be. He had no beginning, and he has no end. He is creator. We are the created. He is God, and we are not. All right, good. So creator God, in chapter 1, um, a lot of theologians believe that as, as we, we see how God created everything on those six days, rested on the seventh, some uh, theologians believe that the language being used here is what they would call temple language. Something similar to when God gave instructions to put the temple together for the Israelites. And again, of course, we know the temple was a place <clears throat> where God met people here on earth, where the two came together. So a lot of people believe and teach, I believe this too, that the earth is here 
for God to have communion with his creation, his people. So the whole earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And, and God wants to be in communion with you no matter where you are on earth. <clears throat> so a lot of people have an idea that w- they come together with God on Sunday morning in a church, in a church, in a church. Bad theology. <clears throat> Who's the church? We're the church, right? Uh, but I understand the language. Uh, but everywhere you go, God is. Do you believe that? Uh, this is what I like to call Christian accountability. <laughs> At least for me. I can't find a, a corner of my world where God isn't. Right? If I ever want to do something I shouldn't do, bad boy, bad boy. If I ever want to do something, I, there's no place I can go where God can't see me. Right? Now, now that's the negative. The positive is, no matter where you are, you can be with God and call out to God. Isn't that great? Everywhere we go. Because the whole earth is the Lord's. He created. This whole earth is His idea. You are His idea. Him living in communion with you is His idea. So in the beginning, God created. And God existed before creation. Now, some theologians believe, uh, or they've used this language, God created um, ex nihilio. Ex nihilio, which means he created something out of nothing. All right. So there was nothing, and then something appeared. God willed the creation into existence. Do you believe that today? Now, there's some powerful ramifications if you believe that today. If you believe that, um, if God can create something out of nothing, that means no matter what you need in your life, God can provide it. No matter what you need in your life, God can provide it. If you have a financial need, God can provide it. If you have a relational need, be patient. Be patient. I'll just say this phrase. Um, It matters who you marry. (laughs) Said a married man. But whatever you need you had, God can provide it. God will provide beyond your resources. God will provide beyond your network. God will provide beyond your intelligence. Come on, someone. God will provide beyond anything you have or you're around. God can create something out of nothing. Romans 4.17 says this. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This is Abraham, of course. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life. Okay? God can bring dead things back to life. Do you believe that? God can bring dead things back to life. That includes relationships, by the way. And who created new things out of nothing. Creator God. At the foundation of who God is, He is Creator God, and specifically the creator of the heavens and the earth. What God do you serve? What God do I serve? The God who created the heavens and the earth. That is that foundation of Yahweh, who Yahweh is. Creator God, the heavens and the earth. Hebrews 11.3 says, by faith we understand. Everyone say by faith. When the heavens and the earth were created, none of us were there. 
We have no empirical data of creation at all, right? Whether you believe it happened 6,000 years ago or 200 billion years ago, whatever you believe, right? None of us are there. None of us, we don't have empirical data. So by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of, out of the things that are visible. The word of God. And of course, in John, we sang about it this morning, but uh, the writer John referred to Jesus as the word. The logos, the Greek word logos of God. <clears throat> now the Bible there in verse um, 1 and 2 says that the earth was formless and empty and, and, and then God starts bringing order out of chaos. God brings order out of chaos. Do you believe that? God brings order out of chaos. Now, usually what we do, we bring chaos out of order. Come on, someone help me out. There are some people, I don't know what it is, man, but they just, they just love to snatch defeat out of victory. <laughs> If things are going too well, they are determined to mess it up. But God can bring order out of chaos. In fact, I would, I would propose to you today that God wants your life to be in order. To have your business together. To take care of your responsibilities. God loves order. One, one of the first things I was doing, coming here three months ago, three months, wow, I've been here three months, three months, uh, is I wanted to make sure everything was in working, what? Order. Number one. And number two, get a music person. So, <laughs> aren't you guys glad Dave's here, man? Aren't you guys glad? Pastor Dave. Pastor Dave. What a gift, man. What a gift. But God wants order. Now, I haven't got time to go through it all in chapter 1. But the Bible says, God said, and then it was so, and then he said it was good. Seven times. Seven times in chapter 1. And then plus another time when he made man and woman. He made uh, a man, people in his image, man and woman. He, male and female, he made them. But seven times... God said it was done and it was good. You know, the Bible says you're, you're, you're being renewed if you're a Christian in the image of God, right? You're being renewed in the image of God. So, so, so if God's working in you, there is some good in you. Do you believe that today? If God is working in you, there is some good in you. There is some good in you. If God is in you, there is good. Now, what's interesting is he said those seven times, it is good. But when he made male and female, he said, it is really good. Isn't that interesting? There was an emphasis on how good it was. So God created, he felt good about it, and, and then he established himself. Next week, we're going to talk about rest, which is, very important thing to understand from a biblical perspective what that means. Because we know on the seventh day, God rested. <clears throat> I don't want to get into it right now, though I'm wanting to so bad. <clears throat> but that does not mean God 
sat in his lazy boy chair. He was exhausted. He had to take a break. That's not what it means at all. So come back next week. We'll talk more about that. But in the scriptures, chapter one, we see here that God made seed producing plants. And he made animals that can reproduce. And he made male and female to reproduce. Seed reproduction proliferation. Seed reproduction proliferation. God has a self-sustaining system in place on his earth. And that's intentional and that's important. Verses 11 and 13 talked about seed-bearing plants and trees that bear fruit with seeds, vegetation with seeds. I don't, how many, any, um, anyone grow gardens around here? Any gardens or, or fruit trees? Anybody? Yeah. You know, it's so fun to do that. You know, in my backyard, I've got some uh, pear trees and some plum trees. And I had plums growing on my trees. And I came out like one day and they were all gone. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Those little squirrels. God's creation, I want to lay hands on. Get off my tree. Get off my tree. But there's something about growing that allows us to tap into part of God's will, part of God's vocation, our vocation as Christ followers, our vocation to take care of the earth. Verse 20, uh, verse 22 in chapter one, God blessed them and he said to be fruitful and multiply. Fruitful and multiply. That word fruitful means be productive and multiply. This, this is built into the plan of God to be productive and to multiply. God created man, male and female. He created them uh, in Genesis chapter 1, 26 through 28. Uh, we read that there. Um, God designed life for multiplication, not addition. This is interesting. How, how, many, how much fruit comes out of one seed? More than one? God created the earth. This is so important to grasp this, to have faith, to believe this, start to understand this. God created the earth for multiplication more than addition. And there's a lot to be said about that. I will do a whole teaching on that at some point. But just for now, just receive that. Uh, rapid growth, self-sustaining, with the ability to replace. An abundance is the word the Bible would use. An abundance. But the ability to replace. Uh, you, you know, when we have children, they are there to replace us. And the older we get, the more they get that look of replacement on their face. Anybody? You know, if you live much longer, you're going to cost me a lot of my inheritance. Anyway, anyway, whole different conversation. My kids wouldn't do that. My kids wouldn't do that. But verse 28 is, is like verse 22, this idea of being productive and increasing in number. In number. God wants male and female to fill the earth, the Bible says. Fill the earth. This is the will of God. This is the plan of God. You know, God made a promise to Abraham uh, and Sarah about their seed, right? Remember that? In Genesis chapter 12, that their seed would bless the entire earth. And talking about, of course, his lineage down to Christ, right? Uh, Genesis 12, verses 1, 2, and 3. 
God promised to Abraham that his seed would bless all the earth. Folks, this, this idea that God instituted has radical ramifications right towards and in the middle of salvation itself. And we know Jesus was born of a woman. The Holy Spirit came over her. It's interesting when I, when I read here in Genesis how the Spirit of God hovered over the water. In the similar way, the Holy Spirit came over Mary and she became pregnant. So creation is a God thing. Do you believe that today? God created. God created the heavens. God created the earth. God created a self-sustaining system here on earth. God created male and female for reproduction. God created that reproduction would ultimately lead to the person of Jesus Christ. God created the heavens and the earth. God created male and female. Now, some people, and I, uh, I love to engage people like this, but they believe that, that it wasn't God that created. They believe that it went something like that. It went from the goo to the zoo to you. That's all right. You got to start somewhere in this whole conversation of origin. From the goo to the zoo to you. Random. No purpose. Random. I believe what the scripture says. If that's you, I'd love to have a conversation. Uh, verse 28 in chapter 1, the Bible talks about your vocation and my vocation. This is so important. Uh, I just call it creation care. God, God wants us to manage the earth. God wants to manage all he's created. That includes animals. That includes uh, the growth of vegetation, trees, gardens. We are to manage. That is our responsibility. Just turn to someone and say, you own it. Come on, help me out. You own it. Uh, but that is our responsibility as Christ followers. Creation care is part of the will of God. It's part of what I just call our vocation. Our vocation. Now, now back in chapter 1, um, nobody ate meat. Boy, there's just mourning happening throughout this entire room. Here. Nobody ate meat. I mean, chapter 1 of Genesis... Let's just, can we just give the vegans a victory here, right? They get, they get a victory. They get one, right? Of course, we know later on that that's not as important. Uh, <laughs> but in chapter one, the vegans get a victory. Uh, so let me look at, kind of wind this down. Psalms 19 says this, as far as God reflected in his creation, this is so important. You know, the, the heavens were part of my whole coming to Christ. God revealed himself to me in the heavens. We were out, a bunch of us, in high school in a jacuzzi. I was looking up, and it just hit me that the heavens never end. Just that thought boggled my mind. It captured me. It captured me. The heavens never end. Wasn't, wasn't a Christ follower yet, 17 years old. I was going to shortly be. Uh, but that idea that God is eternal, the creation is eternal, completely captured my imagination. Psalms 19, 1 through 6 says this, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display its craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words 
to all the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. The sun rises at one end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end. Nothing can hide from its heat. And then Romans 1, 18 through 20 reads like this. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Do you know, you, you can't stop truth, but you can suppress it. You can't stop it, but you can suppress it. Have you ever tried to, to hold a beach ball under the water in a pool? You can suppress it for a while, <laughs> but eventually that ball's going to surface. And truth is the same way. We can suppress it, but it will surface at some point. Goes on, they know the truth about God. Why? Because He has made it obvious to them for ever since the world was created. People have seen the earth and sky through everything God made. They can clearly see His invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature. That's what happened to me at 17 years old. God revealed Himself to me. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. They have no excuse for not knowing God. Now, just a reminder to us as Christ followers in John 13, 35, the Bible says that those who don't know Jesus will, they'll, they'll know uh, that we are Christians by what? Our doctrine? Not our doctrine. Our ministries? Not our ministry. But how we love one another, right? Love overcomes a multitude of sins. So we want to do the right thing the right way. We want to do the right thing the right way. Now, let's look at Christ in creation as we wind this down. Then we'll take communion together. So that was God in creation. Here's Christ in creation. John 1, 1 through 3. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him and nothing was created except through Him. That's Jesus. Jesus was part of creation. Colossians 1 says this, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. At some point, We'll walk through a sermon series on spiritual warfare, spiritual battles, what's happening in the heavenlies that we don't necessarily see here on earth. It goes on, everything was created through him and for him. Jesus existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Do you believe that? He holds all, he holds all things together. He holds all things together. And finally, Hebrews 1 says this, long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the son, he created the universe. <clears throat> Genesis chapter one, God created. 
in the beginning, God. God created something out of nothing. What do you need from God today? What do you need from God today? Not your neighbor, not the person next to you, not your spouse, not your friend, not your mom, not your dad. What do you need from God today? He wants to provide all of your needs in Christ Jesus. Do you believe that today? All that you need. You know, when you pray, God says yes, no, or hold on. <laughs> what do you need from God today? I'm going to ask the music team to come up, and we're going to take communion. And here's what we're going to do it. Um, I'm going to ask everyone to come up and get a piece of bread and a cup and then bring it back to your seat. So just hold on to it. And then once everyone's done, we're going to, um, I'm going to give you some instructions, a little bit of teaching, and we'll take the communion together. But to, communion is a time to really reflect on where you are, not only with God, but it's clear in the scriptures, we want to make sure uh, we're not only right with God, but we're right with others. So during this time, let God just search your heart and uh, make sure you're right with him. And then make sure you're right with others. That they're equally important. In fact, the Bible says, I can't be right with God unless I'm right with my brothers and sisters, people here. Let me pray, then I'll call you up, take the communion, hold on to it. And by the way, we do have some crackers that are um, gluten free over here to my right, your left. Let me pray. Father God, thank you so much for everyone here. God, I'm especially glad you're here with us today. God, I pray for your spirit to stir our hearts, open our minds, to search us. God, we want to be like the psalmist, Father. Search search us, Father. We want to be an open book to you, Father. God, reveal even our deception to ourselves. God, reveal our denials to ourselves. God, confirm things to us that you've already believe you've told us. God, these next few minutes, will you speak to us, each of us, individually? In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Please come on up, get the communion, and then go ahead and sit down and we'll take it together.